So it can't be a, a, a coincidence that the abbreviations for this movie, Multiverse of Madness, spells out mom and it came out the weekend of Mother's Day, right? Hey, everybody, this is the Two Bears Media Review. That over there is Vanilla Bear Patrick, and I am What's Dr. Mundo. If you don't know, you should know. Uh, Dr. Strange just came out. Oh, my God. Not just Dr. Strange, of course. No. Dr. Strange 2. Now, Patrick, <sighs> from the almost get-go of, of this character being involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he has been your guy since he came dude. on the My dude, man. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch, I thought was a great pick. First movie was good. It wasn't my favorite, but it was good. I don't know if there's like so like I don't know if there is a actor who has ever looked more than I know. He of a looks comic like, book character. Like a Doctor than, Strange which should look. <laughs> yeah. Like even out of character, even just like walking down yeah. the street. And he yeah. was the he was the first choice for a lot of fan casting. So I expect Disney really put the put the brakes out to uh to try to get him for the first one i mean he also had to play the role well too so like you know it, it worked i mean but, the, what the question was never in doubt though i mean he comes no. from a he comes from a family that is well rooted in in british theater and graduated top of his class in in these performance uh universities so there's no doubt that whenever he did take over for something it was always going to be good yeah but there's a difference between being good and being exactly what that character should be he is the character (laughs) yeah it's I mean, as much, as much as Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man or Chris Evans is Captain America. Yep. But the thing is, like, the comic book version of Iron Man, and I'm talking about, like, you know, years gone by, you know, the 80s version of Iron Man, the 80s version of Captain America, the 80s version of Nick Fury, you know, they didn't look like the actors that we got and now because the actors are so popular they've like molded the characters in the comics to look like the actors that play them yeah which is sad benedict cumberbatch (laughs) looks like 1980s doctor strange there's sometimes you know we've all seen a movie where it just feels like that person was meant to exist in this time yeah. for a role. Yes. And he lands on that. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Um, but I need to also mention, and we will talk more about it, but one of the things I was thinking and this, as this movie went, I had watched her a whole lot in all the other ones, and I loved her. But the Olsen family has a truly great actor. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I knew that, but I had never seen it to its extent like this. Oh, she goes at oh. She yeah. might be the most dynamic performance <sighs> in this movie because she does so many things. 
Oh yeah, she's the mom. She's the evil witch. She's just her. That's the thing. She's she's playing two different versions of herself, battling for her. Yeah. (laughs) What a crazy idea. Um, I think we need to start. Let's just reel it in. Let's just start talking plot. Well, hold Let's on. Just get into it, man. We talk about before we even get to this. Oh, uh, you got okay. You got notes. Okay. It's just that this movie went through a lot of problems getting made. Yeah. 2016, Doctor Strange comes out. You know, and I think that the biggest surprise that went into Infinity War and then Endgame, and then especially after Endgame is this idea that Doctor Strange would kind of become the the new leader of Earth's heroes. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's no way that 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 anybody would have expected that. But it only makes sense. He is the most, arguably the most powerful person. He has the most experience. At the end of Doctor Strange 1, whenever he's battling Dormammu, there's some estimate out there that he was battling Dormammu for like a thousand years. Yeah. You know, which is why he's so good at magic now, why it seems like, you know, he just got good out of magic out of nowhere. No, he was in there for a thousand years practicing his magic. Yeah, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of man hours going into one craft. Yeah, of course, this (laughs) Doctor Strange sequel, because the first one was such a success, would come out. Um, And the original plan was to have uh, Scott Derrickson uh, direct this one as well. He was the director of the first one, went well. Uh, they wanted him for the second one. And he had a story lined up. He had a story lined up with the villain Nightmare, um, who many thought would still be the villain in this movie. Um, I thought, what's his name? Sherman Guroth or, or something was going to come into play. That is like a very niche character that only exists in the uh, Marvel beat em up superheroes arcade game. <laughs> okay, so like I wouldn't know who that is. Nobody would, but even if I saw, even if like I had seen an image of it, I wouldn't even be able to be like I've seen that before. Well, <laughs> okay, so imagine the tech, the the octopus tentacle cyclop monster, but purple. Okay, gotcha. So they All still right. definitely took inspiration from that character, put him in here. They just don't call him it. Well, they set it up where the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than that is. Well, not just more powerful, but literally inventing it. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting is that Scott Derrickson, though he doesn't say what his story was going to be, he does make it clear that his vision of what this movie should be and what Marvel wanted for their movie were two completely different things. And I, I'm going I'm, I'm to make a comment on that before you keep going. Go for it. If, if, if what Marvel saw was what we got, that shocks me. Well, I think this is why you bring in somebody like Sam Raimi. Yeah, but just the fact that they even thought to go this direction at all does not scream Marvel to me. Well, no, because it's not Marvel, it's Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, Kevin Feige, who's made almost a game of fucking with fan expectations. <laughs> you know? Fair. Nothing, like, and that's my favorite part about the MCU is being a comic book reader. You know, you think that you have an up on non-comic book readers just because you have this snobness in your head that, oh, I read the source materials. <laughs> That's me. That's who I am. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the guy that goes, like, I just want a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the thing about me now watching Marvel movies is... I'm not looking for faithfulness to the comics anymore because they've gone beyond the comics. Yeah. I'm now looking for faithfulness to the universe that they've established. That's cool. You know, and that I think is a barrier that no other adaptation has ever crossed. Mm. Agreed. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Yeah. Marvel then decides since Derrickson is out that they need somebody else. And the shock and surprise of so many fans whenever they select the director of the original Spider-Man trilogy. Crazy. Dude, I didn't know that till today. I literally kept my head in the sand. I did not know that. <laughs> that it would be a Sam Raimi flick and Sam Raimi came in and I think that was the, the right call because they're already in this sort of pseudo argument with Derrickson about the direction of which this movie should go right the whole reason yeah. why he bows out is because it's not going in the way that he wants it to go so they bring in a director that isn't going to argue about how the movie is going to be done as in like a storyline perspective, but they bring in an artistic director that boosts the story. Yeah. And I think that's where this movie really, really, really nails it. Dude. I think our good friend, uh, enemy of the podcast, wants 100 human dollars, Noah. <laughs> yeah. I was texting him about it. He hasn't seen it yet. But the only thing that I told him is that it doesn't feel like a superhero movie but it feels very much like a Marvel movie. Yeah. I give you that. Right? Yeah, because it has the... It, it does have, like, the little signature Marvel moments throughout it to remind you. Yeah, the humor... But then it quickly goes right to the, the horror thing or the next thing, and you're like, I don't know what I'm watching. Exactly, dude. This, <laughs> this, does, this? That, this does that whole, um, like, Cabin in the Woods thing. Where it's like, oh, yeah. this is funny, that's funny, that's funny. Oh, wait, no, that's actually terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if lot. I actually like that. <laughs> oh, dude, the part, oh, the part um, when they are like in that secret temple and 
the thing comes out of the corner and scares the shit out of you. And then they totally fuck with your head and they're just like, oh no, they like me. Like, what? You know what's so <laughs> what do you funny? Mean? I know what's so funny is I would just, I, we're recording this Saturday of release weekend, right? Yeah. I've already seen this movie twice. <laughs> yeah, I believe you and I will. <laughs> and, and all I'm saying is that both times I saw this movie, that jump scare i feel like got nobody in that audience except me (laughs) the second time i knew it was coming and it still got me but both because it's offbeat it's not like when he should have popped out but both (laughs) of my audiences which were pretty full i didn't hear one other gasp i didn't hear one scream And I'm sitting there going, oh, oh God, oh, we're good, okay. <laughs> it didn't uh, get me. Now that we got the sort of background stuff out of the way. Um, Patrick, one other note before we move on from that. Yeah, let, I let, did let's learn the plot. I, yeah, I learned two things about this movie that are super interesting. All one right. that it had about a two hundred million dollar budget. Not surprising. That's super low. No, that's about average for a Marvel movie nowadays. For what we got, that did not feel like a $200 million movie. What do you think it felt like then? That felt like a 250 to 300 Easy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and, and we all know how, how box all, how, uh, how these budgets work. So typically, if you don't know, you take the budget, the $200 million, and then yeah. you multiply that by 1.5 to 2. And that's yeah. the marketing budget. So in order for this movie to break even, it needs to make about $400 million. I mean, and it will easily. I mean, um, I, I, I would be shocked if it hasn't already. Yeah, it's, uh, but on I'm Saturday, talking like... On Saturday of its release, right now it's at 229. Yeah, like... And, that, and, and it probably isn't even open in all markets yet, either. Though something very interesting, <laughs> we'll talk about it later on, this movie is not in China. Weird. Which, okay, all China right, we'll talk about China it. Um, it's been one of the biggest, one of the absolute biggest markets for Marvel movies. Marvel movies do fucking fantastic in China, but they did not release this in China. We'll talk about it later. Gotcha. The other note I had was apparently he put in an initial bit of a two hour and 40 minute long movie and Marvel cut it down to that two hour and six minutes. But give it was us, a good give choice. Us, give us that two forty, man. Oh, I'll take it. But I think the initial release, that was smart. Oh, of course it's smart. Yeah. I think it fit perfect. I think if they had done that, it would have been a bad choice. Well, And I'm wondering where the other 40 minutes would be because this movie moves at a clip. And it's very compact and everything is understandable. The only other thing that I can think of is that it gives you a little bit more background information on the Illuminati, which we will talk about also, because I have a lot to say about the Illuminati. Yeah. Let's get into this. 
look, we're gonna begin this picked with the plot of Doctor Strange, and I like this pattern. I like this way of talking about recent movies. Yeah. Um. So, Patrick, you gotta let me know when this movie opened up. What did you think was going on? What, what did you think of the little girl teaming up with Doctor Strange? We didn't know that this was a foreign Doctor Strange, though I think right away you can tell that this isn't the same Doctor Strange. This is a multiverse Doctor Strange. Yes, because because he's such a good actor, every single Doctor Strange throughout this movie had its own little thing. Yeah, had, had, they all And you could feel it. Felt very different. Um, I knew, I picked up on that it was a dream right away. Uh, it just didn't feel right that it would start that way. Yeah. Uh, it just it felt, especially since it's been so long since that first one, I didn't think that they would do that. Um, so, you know, it landed the way I think it was supposed to. But it definitely gave you the intrigue coming in. You're like, okay, this is going to be cool. I do it over there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you trying to pad for time while I sneeze my guts. <laughs> that sneeze was going longer than I thought. <laughs> no, at one point, I unmuted because I thought I was done. I know, it was great. Uh... <laughs> one thing about this movie that I'm surprised, especially with how like tight, pat Marvel movies have become, is that I actually find it surprising that this whole dream stuff being the view into your alternate selves i'm surprised that this is the first time we're like really hearing about dreams in marvel like this feels it feels like something that that could have not that should have but could have been built up over the last i don't know three movies two years or so right yeah, for sure. Yeah. I That's like just, that aspect of it though. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I think that it makes sense. This is already a, a theory in the whole like quantum thought stuff that, that dreams are, are really views into alternate realities. A lot of people that believe in the multiverse in real life believe that itself, that that that's the only time you get to see your other stuff. And I'll tell you what, dude. I hope that that isn't true. <laughs> dude, the, the, him, him when he asked her about the clown chasing him in his dream, I was dying. Okay, let's fucking talk Wong. Because if anything happened to Wong this movie, I was done with Marvel. <laughs> well, he's so beloved. Like, he can't do anything wrong. He can't. Right? He's the best. Like, Benedict Wong uh, is the best. Okay. And you know what? It's I think it's great they do that because the whole time, even near the end of the movie, I was like, he's gonna help somehow. You still feel hope in your head, like he's there. I know it. Oh, I I was sure that he was really killed <laughs> off when they thought made you I thought that he died like three different times in this movie, and I was pissed off every time. They tried. <laughs> they they fucking tried. They knew sure it. Tried. They were like, they were like, damn, if Mundo 
<laughs> sees that Wong's dead. He sees our movies five times when they're in the theater. Um, the other, the part that made me most nervous when it first started was the romance part of it. Of course, you know, um, I think that I think that any any Hollywood movie now has to have either a well done or a shitty romance angle going into the movie. And boy, oh boy, does this one start off as one. I love that he's attending the wedding. I love that the deepest cut of the movie actually happens super early on whenever I guess a colleague or a friend of his is like, damn, you're like the world's greatest superhero. And yet you're so single. That sucks. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I feel like maybe one of those 40 minutes of a cut of, of it being cut was definitely had to be, Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange meeting the husband, right? Yeah, that had to have happened. Like it was mentioned, right? It's and weird. Don't you uh, love? Don't you love how like the differences of of like the people at the at the wedding? Because this shit starts happening, and her husband, who she says is a huge fan, is like super stoked that Doctor Strange is yeah. fighting a giant month monster at their wedding. <laughs> yeah. Whereas she's like, fucking show off. She's like, of course, a fucking monster invades and this happens at my wedding. <laughs> my uh, my personal love for her was reignited in this movie. She's fantastic. Is she's... there is there a person that's bad in this movie? No, there isn't. The only person that I was in the middle on was America. I just, I couldn't... The... For the I, first part of the movie, that's it, and then it they she hits her stride. I think I think that from the from the very onset, this is America Chavez. Once again, I'm a big comic book fan. <laughs> America Chavez is one of those characters that Marvel is so good at this. They're so good at being like oh here's a ca- character that people might not know and or care about because all they do is is want more of of the movies we've already gotten but here's a brand new character that nobody's really heard of a lot of outside of the comic book readers and we're just going to put her in there and we're not going to tell you shit <laughs> So I wrote something down about this because obviously we learned that it's a, it becomes about Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch, right? Yeah. Um, like they became the main protagonist, antagonist, whatever. Yeah. But they put a mini origin story in this movie. They sure did. I, got, I don't know I got, how they did it. Before we get on about that origin story, I want to I want to ask you. Yes. This. Did you expect this to become Doctor Strange versus the Scarlet Witch? No. I, Not the way it did. Yeah. After after uh, uh, WandaVision, I don't know if you watched WandaVision. Uh, I watched the beginning and the end. I missed like a couple of the middle episodes. Um, so you missed Agatha all along? The greatest like two minutes in Marvel history? <laughs> Yeah, it's like pretty great in that show. There's like an entire song where they're like explaining that she was the bad guy the whole time. And they give her like this 
spooky sounding soundtrack. I watched it. Fucking incredible. Um, but I, at the end of that, whenever it was revealed that she is going to take over the mantle of the Scarlet Witch, I know what the Scarlet Witch is. I know that this cannot be good. So once we figured out that she was going to be in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, I had a very strong feeling that this movie would become Doctor Strange versus Scarlet Witch. However, I also thought that this would become one of those things where a greater threat would be would would come and they would have to put aside their differences to fight yeah. it. Yeah. Because that's how these movies go. That's how that's mm-hmm. how superhero versus superhero fights go right there's a misunderstanding they fight for a while then some other threat comes in they realize they're not so different after all and then they both join sides to take down the bigger threat i there's literally a movie called civil war what there's literally a movie called civil war and that's why i love the civil war because (laughs) the civil war also is not that yeah yeah but um I'll give you a great example. Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. does this to a T. That's unfortunate. You know? I didn't watch that one. And if you read comic books, that's literally the comic book like staple of having um, a, a superhero. I remember reading, what was it? Black Panther versus Deadpool. And about you know midway through the second issue of that mini series deadpool calls it out beat for beat he's like listen black panther we're fighting right now it's a misunderstanding you're gonna understand that i didn't mean to do it because i hate you we're gonna fight for a little bit and then something else is gonna happen we're gonna have to team up (laughs) it works for deadpool right because that's his character exactly exactly that's why that's why that's perfect um so I really did think that this was going to be a Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange battle. Uh, I'm happy about it. Uh, and then you're right. We do get a mini origin story. And tell us what that origin story is, Patrick. Uh, so it's in- so what's interesting about it from the start was <clears throat> I always kind of had a thought that Doctor Strange was the one that was supposed to be able to go through that and be able to do what she can, right? I thought that's what he was doing. I think but... that I think it's it's I think that it's set up that way immediately because we're we already have this understanding that he can like sort of semi-control time. So I think yeah. your instincts there are exactly what they want us to think. <clears throat> right. And smart on them because they bring in this new character and her skill is to go between alternate universes that's what she does and i'm like oh that's not what dr strange does he can't i didn't you know no no, that's what i'm saying like it's actually a surprise that he can't yeah and like because he's he's dr strange he's supposed to be all powerful and all mighty mystic arts and it, it instantly you learn, okay, this is going to be a new character that's going to play a part long term. So as a watcher, you're already involved. Year old young, young lady, by the way, she's 16 in real life. 
Yeah. Um, she comes in accidentally in the beginning of this movie because this octopus is trying to get her for yep. an unknown demon, as she knows them as a demon, right? Yeah. Um, which she does do a very good job when this movie starts of being a 16-year-old. And not knowing what's going on. Dude, and she's so snarky about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she has the classic signs of that origin story, right? It's, I can't control my power, but I know I have one. But, like, you, what exactly is that origin that we were shown? Oh, um, how she's from the utopian... <laughs> world i don't know the name where she's from i we looked it up earlier steve and i did because we wanted to know more about her right uh, um but she's from a utopian land that you learn part of why she's trying to get through all these different places is because she lost her parents because she accidentally opened a parallel universe and they got pulled through and and you're not already just, in. Not just her parents. Her mother's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In this 12 seconds of film, showing her mother's is why this movie is not showing in China. Yep, that's stupid. <laughs> yep. It's so dumb. <laughs> they refuse to air this movie because it's showing a positive relationship for, I mean, literally blinking you. If you go up at this moment to go to the bathroom and come back, you'll never even know that this scene happens. Nope. But it's so detrimental to America Chavez, the character that it needs to stay in. Yes. Um, no, I, and I I'm there. I think like if there's a... this a little bit mm -hmm. of fact, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, America Chavez in an alternate universe in uh, the Marvel Universe actually becomes Captain America. She is also uh, one of the very first uh, openly gay comic book characters and the very first gay comic book character to receive her yeah. own ongoing series. Yes. That's you know, so I, cool. I love it. I love her. I think she's yeah. love America. Um, I mean, I, I don't have a lot more on the origin story just because I think they gave you that classic in a smaller, compact storyline, right? For her. This was all particular. just so I could tell you why this movie isn't in China. We can move on. <laughs> no, no, but that that or that little tiny mini aspect of it's important because as a watcher of the movies, you know that that's coming up somewhere along the way. Oh, yeah, you know... They're not just you doing this the, for the sake of doing you it. You now know the end game for America Chavez's character. Yeah, right. So, awesome. Love it. Like, yeah, get all that in there. I love all of it. Yeah. Um, let's do more of it. Let's see more of her. She's great. She's adorable. She looks like yeah. my cousin. <laughs> Dude. And I'm not just saying that uh, because she's Mexican. She really looks like one of my cousins. So 
I, I should have put two and two together too. Uh, before we get to the major players going on in here, uh, I by should have point, known that by this point, uh, Scarlet Witch has whooped ass so hard that America Chavez, who cannot control her ability, has yep. opened up a dimensional portal, and her and Doctor Strange takes her through it. Uh, to save her from the Scarlet Witch actively killing her. And this is how we end up and I think what do they call it? 884, something like that? Universe 884? 868? 868, whatever. I think it's 868 uh, or 863. The, the Marvel, the, the MCU's universe as Universe 616, which is very interesting to me. Uh, in the comic books, it's notable that uh, the MCU is actually universe 99 repeating. Interesting. And then the, the, the mainline uh, comic book Marvel Universe is 616. Uh, this is a reference to when the first issue of the Fantastic Four came out, which was June 6, uh, uh, June in 1961. Uh, that's yeah. 616, if, if, if you will. Um, and I just got to tell you because this is the moment that blew my mind the most while watching this movie they're being held captive in these giant blocks and yeah. he's talking to alternate reality uh, girlfriend right yeah and she says something and it's blink and you miss it but I got it my first time watching this movie she says that she works for Baxter Industries. And any comic book fan worth their salt recognizes Baxter immediately because a certain group of superheroes live in the Baxter building. And that is the moment that I knew we were getting somebody so very special and so important to Marvel. And I could not contain myself. My first viewing of this, I'm sitting alone. I'm in an auditorium and I'm literally looking around. My arms are like rubbing my seats. I'm like giddy. I'm fucking giddy because I know it's coming. I hear Baxter Industries and I know it's coming, dude. I know it's coming. I know it. And it happens. We get introduced to the Illuminati, right? Now, in the comics, mm -hmm. you have multiples of these groups, right? You have the Avengers. You have Hammer. But above all of them is the secret group, the Illuminati, which is obviously, as this movie points out, a, a smaller group of heroes. But they're the leaders of these other group of heroes, right? In the comics, it's Iron Man, it's Namor, the submarine, the submariner. He's the king of Atlantis. You have Bakugan Baltagon, the Black Bolt, who is the leader of the inhuman, sort of uh, X-Men-esque race of characters. But you also have Charles Xavier there, the leader of the X-Men, right? And rounding it all out, uh, you have Doctor Strange the Sorcerer Supreme, right? These are the five most important uh, 
superheroes on Earth in 616. And so yeah. they come together, they make the Illuminati, but this universe's Illuminati acts like the Avengers, right? There are, I think, six of them in this universe. Some of them are the same characters, yeah, but the other ones are, are very interesting. We have Captain Carter, who's taken over the mantle of Captain Britain. Yeah. Right? That was awesome. You have this universe's version of Captain Marvel. Yep. We have Blackagar Boltagon, the Black Bolt, though I don't think they ever call him the Black Bolt, but that's his name in the comics, Black Bolt. That's how I know him. You have the Sorcerer Supreme, who is the previous film's villain, Mordo. And then they introduce you to who they call the world's smartest man. And once again, as soon as he says the world's smartest man, I'm already standing up out of my chair because I know who that is. Dude, I audibly said fuck off in the theater when that happened. (laughs) And then who is it? Oh, John Krasinski. Immediate applause from me. Yeah. Immediately, fuck yeah. (laughs) This is a casting that is on par. Not exactly as perfect, I don't think, as as Benedict Cumberbatch is, because once again, Benedict Cumberbatch matches Doctor Strange from the 1980s. (laughs) Yeah, it's... But this is damn fucking close. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about like these fan castings. There's a lot of fan casts that castings of 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 the of the Fantastic Four that you know Photoshop a suit together and shows you what it could look like, but you never really know how well an actor is going to fit that character until you see them on screen in their costume. And I know it was a small part. But I didn't feel like I was watching John Krasinski. No. At no, all. He's, he's Reed Richards. It was perfect. He's Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And yes. they bring out fucking Patrick Stewart. I, I honestly expected it to be James McAvoy. <laughs> oh my god, dude. That would have been awesome. I did. But they did. That should have been James McAvoy whenever he went into the mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That would have been, that would have thrown everybody through the fucking (laughs) face, dude. No, but he's a legend. A little bit of 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 a reveal that this universe is Doctor Strange had to be eliminated. Now, here's something as a non comic book fan. Patrick. Yeah. What did you think of Black of Gar Boltagon? Oh, the water guy? No, the whisper guy. The whisper guy. Uh, it was interesting. He's fine. Come on, dude. <laughs> He's fine. Don't just, like, don't just give me like it's interesting. Like, what did you think of like he doesn't speak for a while. He clearly knows sign language and then 
he whispers, I'm sorry, and it obliterates Doctor Strange. What did you think of that? It was actually more underwhelming than I wanted. Sure. Expand on that. Um, I think if the rest of the movie wasn't so rambunctious with what it was doing, it would have been fine. I think comparatively... Like, I don't think that that should have killed Doctor Strange. But Doctor Strange is still human. I guess. I don't, it just felt like, uh, I don't, it felt too easy. Well, obvious. Okay, so, and this is like the problem with introducing a character like this without giving you any sort of backstory or information on him. I'm sure he's very powerful where it comes from, but I don't know that. Black Bolt's whisper can destroy mountains. Okay, gotcha. You know, like, that's his whole thing is that he can't talk. Any, anything that comes out of his mouth, he can't control it, is right. so destructive <laughs> that, you know, and, and of course, one of my very favorite comic books is World War Hulk, where the Hulk specifically goes after the Illuminati and fucks them all up. He invades the Inhumans spot. Okay, I'm just going to say this and you're just going to have to accept that it happens. Uh, yeah, it's he fine. It's invades comics. the blue spot on the moon where the Inhumans live. <laughs> of course he does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking comics. And he, and he grabs... <laughs> Black Bolt, as as you saw this, I mean, Black Bolt's whisper obliterates Doctor Strange. In the comics, a regular conversation with him would destroy a city. Jesus. Black Bolt screams in the Hulk's face in this comic book. And it gets Hulk more pissed off than anything. (laughs) It's amazing. I love it. So he can't beat the Hulk, okay? I mean, who can? Let's be real here. Yeah, in that yeah. comic book, in that comic book, Doctor Strange tries to possess the Hulk's mind to like calm him down, and the Hulk gets so pissed off at this that he breaks Doctor Strange's hands whenever Doctor Strange isn't even around him. Easy. <laughs> Uh, These guys had so, fun back in the day. I think that, and, 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 and I think another thing that, that really I love about this version of the Illuminati, and especially once again, I can't say it enough how much I love this Reed Richards. Such a small part, but so powerful, I think. Yeah. The fact that they're like, listen, dude, we understand that you have a problem with the witch, but at this moment, you're our problem. Yeah. I hear a lot of, I've seen a lot of people talk about how that's not realistic, how real Reed Richards wouldn't do that, how he'd think about all possibilities, but no, they're wrong. Reed Richards is always like this. Reed Richards calculates threats that have been threats at a higher level than things that might become threats. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like the Scarlet Witch is bad, but what Doctor Strange could do is infinitely worse long term. And not just that, not just that, but I've already experienced a Doctor Strange doing this shit. 
Right. I've never experienced yeah. Wanda Maximoff doing this shit. Yeah. He's got data points. Exactly. (laughs) And so logically, through the viewpoint of Reed Richards, I agree with him. Like, he needs to keep Doctor Strange in check. But the moment they realize that Wanda Maximoff has breached their defenses, you get everybody out there. Yeah. And what we get next may be my most favorite combat scene ever in a Marvel movie. Dude, I honestly think that Sam Raimi was going for Carrie in this scene. Oh, you think? Oh, you think? think, I didn't put that together, but you are 100% right. With the fire... One blood on her is shirt. bloody as fuck. Like she's Ugh. all messed up, and she's doing everything oh, with her mind. The most shocking death, maybe ever, in a Marvel movie is for characters that were in a movie for maybe ten minutes at max. Yeah, Black Bolt's death. I I mean I know you're not a. Uh, a comic book reader honestly yeah. the feet of black bolt really threw me through a loop because i thought you would think that that dude is cool as shit with his whisper power but come on dude, when he tries to yell at the back of his skull oh yeah explodes <laughs> get fucked dude you know i love that shit you know i love gore <laughs> because it's so unexpected too yeah you know, oh my god, yep. and one by one, like dominoes, <laughs> they fucking all go down. And this is a perfect <sighs> example of showing why Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, is a formidable opponent. Why is that? Because she just dispatched this universe's Avengers in a universe, and I mean our universe, like the real life reality universe. We cannot have a scene or a movie where a villain goes in and fucking kills everybody, right? We can't have a movie where somebody goes in, kills uh, Nick Fury, Hawkeye, you know, the Hulk, uh, uh, Thor, and Guardians of the Galaxy. We can't, and Black Panther. We cannot have a movie where one person goes in and kills all of them. Nope. But you put that in an alternate universe and have their versions of those characters get obliterated? Uh, so to your point on this scene, I had a note and I wrote down that they did a Mother of Dragons moment. But what Game of Thrones wanted what game of thrones was in its like third season yeah like they pulled that shit off yeah wow (laughs) i mean this is the this is and this is where this whole sequence from that from that fight scene into them chase yeah the chase scene into the water uh going into that like world between worlds place 
where they can get the book of Ashanti. This is where Sam Raimi comes out like a fucking motherfucker. Oh my God. He's like, oh, you forgot that this is my movie now. When she yeah. walks in and her head is tilted and her oh. eyes are glowing red. Oh my God. Horrifying. But, oh, oh my. And like the way he makes you wait for it too. For oh, longer than you, you think it should be. And you're like, what's happening? I don't understand. And David says, where is she? Here's the deal. Don't talk, America. I know this is your first movie, but if this ever happens again, do not talk. Yeah. Ugh. What a scene. I mean, this it was a whole, masterpiece. This was, this was, without a doubt, the pinnacle of this movie to me uh it's pinnacle marvel to me i mean there are a few things and there are a few things in marvel that i think match up to the filmmaking and once and this is a veteran director right this is a director yeah. that has done so many movies and what's so great about him doing something like this is he knows that you the viewer know that he's doing this movie so he's going to wait to give you the sam raimi shit and here's what's different about him as opposed to someone like a Michael Bay, right? And it's really obvious. Michael Bay starts the movie with this is a Michael Bay movie and ends the movie with this is a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no right, secret. Though. At the beginning <laughs> right? of this, this just feels like any generic garden variety Marvel yeah. movie. But I it ramps up. Even, <laughs> even going, even like this movie doesn't start feeling different to me until he's in front of the Illuminati. But then it does things like making love, the love aspect impossible, right? It brings callbacks to things that I probably should have known were obvious. But the part when I started to cry in theaters was when he talked, when he says the line, well, I doesn't have to be a live body and i'm like let's talk oh about God. it so Doctor this is the greatest movie gets ever his hands, <laughs> gets his hands on the dark hold and he's explaining yeah. that he's going to go back to to 616's universe to hold on I'm, I'm sorry i gotta pause you before we get to this full conversation music scene i can't even talk about it I don't even incredible. I don't even know what to say about it. I know, I know, I just said, I know I just said that the like Illuminati into the chasing to the book of Ashanti is like peak Marvel action and like one of the greatest things I've ever seen in Marvel movie. This music note fight is the most unique battle I've ever seen in a movie. When I when I realized what was happening. I was so giddy. I was you jumping up and down in a theater full of people when I couldn't. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what I thought was the most hilarious part of that whole thing is whenever he starts shooting those music notes at evil Doctor Strange and you're seeing the ripple of them hit in slow motion, but you're yeah. also seeing his face react in slow yeah. motion. It's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen in a movie, but it works worked so well and then he just hits him with one little tiny note brilliant oh god it was great okay let's talk about the big thing though let's god, get into I love this that music note fight so like, good that is something like oh my god 
like, who, who thinks of that? Okay, I'm going to tell you what I told Steve. You're in a meeting, right, with Sam Raimi, whoever else, and Danny Elfman, and someone goes, hey, Danny, do you think you could write music literally to a fight? Even more so, you say, fucking hey, yes. You like, say, hey, Danny, do you think you could write music for a fight where music is the weapon and you're also fighting with the, and, but also the, the score has to match what's going on with the music that they're fighting with? Yes. <laughs> I feel like Danny Elfman has been training his whole. Yes. And is this the greatest Marvel score ever? It has to be. It has to be. Just that one scene takes like... If this isn't an Academy Award nominated, if not winning for score, what are we doing here? It needs to be up for Best Picture. Can we just talk about it? It it won't be, but we need it to be. This one should be. This is a film. This is... And, 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 oh, we're going to talk about it later on, but I That's have fine. We'll talk I have about takes it. on what you just said there. I have takes on what yeah. you just said there. Okay. He gets his hands on the dark hold. Um, I think the funniest moment in the movie to me, a, mo- a moment that I don't think anybody else thought was funny in my theater, but whenever Dr. Strange looks at, looks at her, then he says, Hey, I need you to guard my body. Uh, and she's like, why? And he says, because the army of the dead's going to try to take me. I laughed. <laughs> no, no, no. That is, like, that's a funny line in general. But the fact that he does not explain to her at all no. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> he's like... Isn't that like, also a call? Like, that's a callback to Sam Raimi, though, too. He says, he says, I need you to protect my body in case if the army of the dead comes to get me. Okay, bye! bounces out of there and then patrick we get we get we fucking get we get we get we get we get patrick we get vanilla of the my most intense fucking movie friend patrick we get zombie Doctor Strange. And Holy shit. Guy. And he's the good guy. And my fucking <laughs> life is complete. Honestly, dude, I start, I start tearing up, right? I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. This movie is, like, amazing. I don't know why I'm here. Why else is this happening? And I'm crying like an idiot during Doctor Strange into the madness or whatever. I'm losing my shit. I cry for like the next half hour. (laughs) Dude. The second time I saw this, I was with my brother-in-laws and the movie like ended and like I looked over at the one, my boy Nate, and Nate looks at me and he says, I'm fucking here for zombie Doctor Strange. (laughs) But let's put, I want to point out something else on this too, because he says to her, protect my body, right? Yeah. One, she's they let her be smart and an intelligent character. Yeah. It gives her something to, it gives her something to do that is reasonable for the <laughs> plot of the movie, 
But it yeah. also, like you said, it allows her to be intelligent because what she uses, I forget exactly what it's what it's being referred to, what 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 the, what they, she calls it. But that itself is an item that Doctor Strange had problems using in the first Doctor Strange movie. I remember that. Okay. And the fact um, that he figures out how to use it in like twenty seconds. Come on. Yeah. The other point to her specifically as well is that for their personal relationship she's the one that talks him back into getting back in the game and focusing when he's starting to kind of lose his spot yes absolutely you're right that was so important yeah for them yeah because if that moment's not there that relationship throughout the movie makes no sense and i was so afraid that they were going to make these two fucking fall in love again yeah i was like didn't and i was like anything but that yeah i think they nailed it me too me too so we get zombie doctor strange oh god dude the wings with the art who gets a a cloak of levitation from undead souls oh my god what is this what is this movie even doing now God. To get Wong, who's already who's now escaped death minimum twice in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Minimum twice he somehow evaded death. I'd say three, because she didn't try and kill him the other time, but she made him go with her when she could have just been like, You're toast now, bye. Oh yeah, you're right. So we'll count that as three. We'll count that yeah, as three. yeah. And you have her sucking out America Chavez's soul. And America Chavez being tortured is so heart-wrenching. Yeah, that was rough. You know, she she plays it so well. Whenever she says to Wanda, oh. what will your children think of you? Like, she's learned now that, like, the way to at least try to talk sense into Wanda is talking about her kids. And, but she's so <laughs> far gone, you know? We get yes. it okay. Go on. Yes, but... <laughs> They built that character up so well that she does know that if she mentions her kids, it will distract her. Yes, and that's what she's really trying to do. She knows that there's a mother inside her somewhere. Yeah. And that comes America back again. Chavez proves herself to be quite the little scamp. She, yeah. she literally pickpockets Doctor Strange's sling ring from his hand in front of him. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's, she's uh, I like I wish that I would want a poster of America Chavez's uh list of help for dimensional travel traveling. Yeah. <laughs> um oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that the, very badly. Go um, on red or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really weird that you have to pay for food. Uh, oh, by the way, we skipped over it. The pizza popper guy. That's Bruce Campbell. I know. I He's tried the- to mention it earlier. We moved on, though. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Whatever. It's Bruce Campbell. He's great. Yeah. He's Bruce Campbell. That's all you have to say about it. Um, no. No. So he tries to trap her, of course, because that's what I mean, he does. They, won- they know that that won't work. Yeah, they do. And don't you think but- it's really surprising and really important that it's Wong that tells Doctor Strange that he needs to take America's power. Yeah. 
Because uh, even at this point, Wong, the most benevolent, altruistic, lovable character in the MCU, even now sees that Wanda is such a threat that he's like, the only way that we could possibly stop her yeah. is by taking this girl's ability and killing her. I think that that was essential to this movie. Wong's turn of of saving America and then realizing that Wanda is such a threat that she might have to be sacrificed. Is that comes back later, I guarantee it. I, do, I hope it doesn't. I like where it ends with that. No, <laughs> with him. I think with him, the fact that he was able to make that decision, I think, comes back later. Yeah, I don't know. In don't his know. character. Yeah. I, I don't know. I maybe, maybe not. We'll see in the future. I hope. I hope not. Yeah, they might not. Because, Who knows? Because right now, once again, he's escaped death twice. <laughs> like he knows that the universe is this close from being enslaved, and they have tried everything, and they've clearly exhausted yeah. all their options. <sighs> then you can. <laughs> You cut to Doctor Strange, zombie Doctor Strange, having so a good. heartfelt conversation so good. about her saying, it's okay, I understand now. And his zombie face is like, no, you can do it. He's giving pep talk. He's giving the pep talk. He has a huge fucking hole in his cheek. His face is all zombie now. He looks disgusting. And what's even more hilarious is that the camera is like all up in his grill. Yeah. And it's like the most intense close-up that you can imagine. (laughs) You know what? You got to give him guts. Like Sam Raimi has guts to do some of the things he does. And you know what? He convinces her. He does. You know, she now trusts herself thanks for the thanks to the power of communication, I guess. Uh, this is where this movie I mean, you and I have talked about it before. Like, how do you show somebody coming to grips and learning their power? How do you do that? I don't know, but I know that I just don't want them to be convinced that they can do it. Like, right. He says, you have the power within you. All you need to do is believe in yourself. And now she has complete control of her ability. I don't know. Doesn't sell it for me. But that is a, the, maybe the tiniest of nitpicks in this movie that I am otherwise involved yeah. <laughs> with. And if you, if all you need to do is do that, like, fine, whatever. I'll forgive it. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm fine with it. Like, and, the, and- her intelligence comes through in that scene. Yes. Yes. Showing her what she does. Showing yes. the kids the evil says, version of her. She specifically says, I can't defeat you, so I'll give you what you want. Oh my god, that line. <laughs> and the moment she hit her, I knew exactly what happened. And this is... is this. Oh god damn it again. Here we go. What I've said it multiple times to you. What is my fucking least favorite thing about these Marvel movies? They all have to fucking end with a giant CGI punch up 
where everybody's flying in the sky, shooting fucking different colored laser beams or hexes or whatever at each other. Somehow the good guy outsmarts the bad guy. Somehow the bad guy realizes they were wrong the whole time and whatever, yada, yada. Who gives a shit, right? Yep. Out of all movies, oh my God. Doctor Strange is the one that doesn't end in a giant superpower punch-up. What a move. It's the only one that doesn't end with everybody flying. <laughs> Even Shang-Chi ended with everybody flying through the air, shooting yeah. fucking laser beams at each other. <laughs> Dragons and everything Even else. the movie about martial arts ends that way. But what movie doesn't end that way? Multiverse <sighs> of Madness. It gives you the rare, it gives you the ultra rare subdued climax. Where there's no amount of action that has that can't. Any more action in this movie, there's nothing that this movie could do that could have topped the Illuminati fight. There's nothing no. that this movie could do that could top that, right? Nope. So what does a smart director do then, Patrick? He gives you the opposite. He gives you the... How easy it is to make a movie! Ugh. You it just is the opposite dude you give them the opposite well because you, think oh about it right God, this think was... about the other ones you start you have some like three quarters of the way through you have this big old fight right and then they try to top it again and you're like well that was stupid yeah we already did that yeah but what are you gonna do do that a third time and most of the time yeah. they do yeah this one did not do that it gave it gave you the emotional ending the, 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 and, and, and the look wow. on her face after she's, after she screams at, at her boys to shut up. Yeah. The look on her face. And then whenever she says, I would never hurt anyone to them. Liar. You're like, oh, bitch. You <laughs> fucking done did it now, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you fucking whore. Not yeah. only are you lying about that, but these boys literally just saw you fucking destroy their own mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. And she breaks down. Alternate reality Wanda comes up and she says, I think, the greatest, the only thing, the only thing that she could say. Please tell me what it was because I missed it. I couldn't hear it. She says, know that they'll be loved. Okay, all right, yeah. You know. Yo, was one of those kids, like, distinctly more cute to you than the other one? No. <laughs> yeah, one of those kids was like, oh, man, that is, like, the most adorable child I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the one with the gap in his teeth? Yeah, the one with the gap in yeah. his teeth. <laughs> Singing nice. Cream song. I didn't ask you my cream. Face. He's the one that's like, you can tuck me in, mom. And I'm yeah. like, 
Oh my god. Um, no, they did a great job of tying that aspect in with her character. Yeah, I love that. And ultimately to- using it at the end to bring her down. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could have just left it. No, that is the way that you do. That's the way that this... It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know that it's the perfect move for a movie or a story whenever it only makes sense to you as it's happening. Yeah. Whenever as it's happening, you you're thinking... Oh yeah, this is the only way that this could end. But yeah. it's an ending that you would have never thought about. Especially not for a Marvel movie. Especially I think this changes for- movies going forward for them. It has to, right? Yeah. I think this is a <laughs> this is a landmark movie for them. How and can- how they do things. Yeah. I mean Maybe, and it got me thinking that maybe I only thought that I liked Shang-Chi and Black Widow so much because it had been a while before the the previous Marvel movies before them. And yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home was good, but that's a spectacle. Yeah. You know, any thought about, at least this is how I think about it, any like thought that you could put towards the plot of No Way Home falls apart the moment you actually start thinking about it. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> because it's yeah. a spectacle. I loved it. Yeah. It was great. It was but it was a spectacle. This is not only a spectacle, but it's a movie too. It has It's the first time Marvel's done this. I don't know if it's the first time, but it's the first time For me. Maybe since Ragnarok did it for me. Okay. All right. And that's I got how you. I know that Ragnarok is my favorite Marvel movie because it did that to me. My second favorite Marvel movie is Civil War because it's one of my favorite Marvel comic books. And I think that the way that it adapts that story is so <laughs> choice and so perfect based into the universe that we're given from the movies. And the way that they like, it's the first one that they're like, oh shit, there's 12 fucking superheroes in here. What are we going to do? Yeah. I love Civil War. I mean, I've seen this twice in 24 hours and I, I, I know that I like it more than No Way Home. I know that I like it more than Endgame. I know that I like it more than a lot of these movies. Maybe, maybe not Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'd have to rewatch it. But like, this mm. is amazing. That's more. I, I I'd say more than Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have. To, I'd have to. What's? I can't give. I can't even give my final vote for this one because the way that Marvel movies really work for me is I see them a few times in theater, but then I need to see them like six months <laughs> from whenever they were in theaters, and then that's how I really know how much I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Because right now this is recency bias. But, I mean, this movie was insane. Its scope was insane. Its production was insane. Its plot was incredible. Now, here's my... Here's... I I already mentioned one nitpick of mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The conversation 
at the end of the movie where she automatically now can have all of her fucking power that she wants. Great. Woo. Wow. Um, but the other one is there's not as much multiverse jumping as what I was expecting or that I wanted. I feel differently than you on that topic. Do you? I love that. Uh, one of my notes I have is that they didn't muddle the topic because they showed you the possibilities of it, but kept the story tight in their universe and realities they were using. Yeah. They didn't have them travel to multiple, many different ones throughout it to, because what would have happened is if they had done it the way they could have, there would have been a big old fight at the end of the movie. They would have traveled to like six or seven different alternate realities, been fighting throughout all of them, and it would have gotten stupid. And, and you have to believe that that's the version of this movie that the original director, Derrickson, wanted. It has to be. It has to be, right? I would think. Because this is the exact opposite of that. And I, they must have really differed on the opinion. Now, here's something that I thought about afterwards that really changed my opinion on what I just said. I'm now in your camp. But thinking about it more today, I think about, and why wouldn't I, Star Wars. Yeah. Right. It, whenever uh, George Lucas was talking about the original trilogy of Star and I don't remember when this conversation happened. I don't remember where this interview <laughs> happened. But he said that, the per that Star Wars has technology that can make you travel to planets in an instant, right? And that you can go anywhere in that galaxy in a blink of an eye, and you can have scenes filmed in so many locations, right? Yeah. But I think that the genius of Star Wars, and George Lucas has said that this was intentional in the original trilogy that whenever you are location hopping like that, planet to planet, or in this case, dimension to dimension, three, you have to be in, you can only be in max three places. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Right, because it, that is the perfect amount to show the differences between all three planets, all three universes. Yep. Right. That's why it's brilliant, I think, now. I did then, but I do now, that we have three major locations here. We have original Earth. We have Fantastic Four Earth. We have the Earth that's getting destroyed. But what I want to add to that is that when they do escape at that one point, they go through all those different alternate realities that have nothing to do with the movie. Just to prove a point. Yes, absolutely. Right? And, and that's all that's there for. It's not there for anything else but to prove a point that they could have gone to this paint reality that makes no sense, but they didn't. Dude, tell me that I'd, <laughs> you could, I could pretend all I want, but all I want in my life is a movie set in that cartoon reality. How cool is that? <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that movie, that would have been so sweet. Um, now, you know, those are little touches that they added that were important. Yes. It made the scope feel much bigger than it actually was. 
Oh, well, that's a thing. Like, I think that it does the opposite. I think that it makes the scope like, and, and I think that it, it exemplifies it later on whenever Wanda Wong are talking and he's like, why don't you just have her take you to a universe where you want to be and then fucking let her go? And Wanda's like, yeah, but what if the kids get sick and we don't have a cure for that disease? Yeah. You know, now that we've gone through all of those dimensions, it's like, oh my God, she could really fuck everything up now. Yeah. All of those dimensions that we saw at the beginning of this movie are going to be fucked if she gets this. And now here's the important question. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Dude, are we going to get John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic in the MCU proper? I have... I've, I've been binging videos for two hours tonight since I've seen it. <laughs> and that's come up in almost everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be doing a disservice after that performance, not doing it. And I think that, I think that more so like right now, I feel like Peter Parker is the only character that we've seen that does not look the exact same in every universe. Yeah. We met four Doctor Stranges and they're all Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And it could be someone else. That's fine. No, but it can't. You know it can't. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it could from the standpoint they could make that decision. I'm, I'm saying, not saying that they should. That they cannot make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> no. And if, they can't you know, make I think if he happen. was more. What? They can't make that choice. Well, so here's why I agree with you. Because if he had been there from the beginning of the movie, that's different. Because you only got five or ten minutes, that is not good enough for fans, for the character, actual character in the movies. Like, now he needs a chance, right? Leaves, leave them wanting more, man. Right. Now give it to them. That moment where... Don't fight it. <laughs> that moment where she asks uh, Reed Richards if his children have a, a mother who's still alive. The way that he just looks at her and says yes, it's like, it's like he already sees the writing on the wall. Yeah. And that's the type of gravitas that Reed Richards needs. Yeah. It's Marvel's first family. They're literally the first superheroes of, of the of like the Marvel proper, like of of the not obviously of superheroes published by Marvel Comics, but like Stan Lee created the Fantastic Four before he created anything else. Yeah. What a! I love this movie. Yeah. Thousand percent agree. What do you think about the intelligence of this of, of the characters in this movie? I honestly, man, that is like sky high in this movie. Even just this, like I said, this I I pointed out the Rachel McAdams parts on purpose because they didn't have to give her those moments. 
No. But they cared enough to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's throughout the whole movie for all of them. Yeah. Not one of them gets short-sighted just for the sake of moving to the next character. Did you feel they like all play every a part in it. different version of the characters you meet is a real different version? She does not yes. feel like the same uh, Rachel McAdams that we saw at the beginning of the movie at the wedding. Nope. Um, even like when he fights that, the you know, the not evil, I guess not evil Doctor Strange, but totally evil taken Doctor by. Strange. Yeah, we can call him. Yeah, okay. Um, when he, when you first meet him, you're like, oh, he's going to have to kill him. Yeah. You know, like, they, they don't even talk yet, but you're like, yeah, he's going to get in the way. <laughs> That's not going to go well. <laughs> uh, and they didn't even talk yet. And then he talks, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's going to happen. You're like, oh, and he has a, a third eye. <laughs> yeah, that can't be good. <laughs> uh, this movie so, is off so, charts also and captivating. Yes. You know... Um, yeah, no, that's a 10, 12, if I could give it it. I mean, honestly, um, dude, this movie, this, I, I've just been talking about this with, with my brother, because we sometimes watch the movies we need to for this show together. We watch a lot of movies together. And yeah. as I told you guys recently, as I watched Back to the Future for the very first time, and I forget what happened, um, but I remember there was a certain point in the movie, it was about midway through, about an hour in, I checked the time because something major happened on, on the screen. I checked the time and I saw, I was like, yep, hour in, right on time. And Keith kind of was like, what do you mean by that? And I said, oh, a movie should be changing its trajectory every half hour. Yeah. That's how a movie keeps on feeling fresh. Every half hour, it almost needs to have a brand new plot. Yeah you know that that obviously feeds to this larger plot but this and because of that this movie moves at a clip you know the first half hour is clearly the wanda maximoff second is this uh, uh alternate reality battle third is evil doctor strange fourth is the battle for america chavez's soul boom movie's over yep perfect clean That's cut it. To the point. Yep. But not. <laughs> but not. But not. But also not. <laughs> yeah, but not. Uh, but we get what they're going for. Um, technical. This movie, for the technical aspect, I think this movie did things that we've never seen. Dude, they completely stole one of my ideas for a character that that like reaches up and grabs people through reflections oh nice dude i've been having this character in my mind ever since we were in college remember i know that i've told you about this dude the crow i call yep and the moment i saw that in this movie i was like oh fuck there goes that (laughs) (laughs) um but it is comforting to know that both me and Sam Raby are terrified of things reaching for us through mirrors. Yeah, that'd be terrible. I hate it. Uh, yeah, it's just the, the things they were doing with this movie, I've some of them I've never seen. 
Some of also, them... what the fuck was up with that random ass Minotaur? Yeah, that was weird. I, there's it. gotta be something behind that. <laughs> but the fact is, is that there has to be some strange story behind that. But they yeah. never, nobody ever <laughs> brings it up. Because he's the only one. There's not even another the one there. One. <laughs> they just have a Minotaur hanging out. Right, like, wouldn't you think if there was like a group of them, you'd be like, oh, okay, they're like some, they're from some place that somehow got here. Okay, this makes sense. No, it's one. Dude, and then he, every time they're there, he bring he comes up. Yeah, he was one of the few survivors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and outside of just the stuff that's new, the stuff that is technically, I think, recycled is done better. Yeah, the mirror dimension. All of it. Uh, like, his, his the like spell crafting itself is so good in this. Yeah. Uh, I and love that those to me, chains. I love those chains that they were using to try to like bring in that demon. Yeah. Um, you know, that that to me all just comes back to care. Yeah. When you care to make a good movie, you're going to. Yeah, and this like <laughs> This like just shows the kind of director that Sam Raimi is because he could have made any movie and it would still probably make the same amount of money. It would still probably appease the same amount of fans. Mm -hmm. But that little bit of care. And this is where like fucking Martin Scorsese is like, who the fuck are you to talk about it? Like if you watch this movie, and care about these characters how could you fucking dare say that this isn't a real movie yeah you know one of the actors maybe it was it was what's his name tom holland or whatever he made a great point where he was like he only says that because nobody's seeing his movies (laughs) and you can't help but wonder if that's correct (laughs) <laughs> right god yeah um do you have any last comments before i i say something out loud that may be confirmed when i see it again um any last comments that uh i think elizabeth olsen's angry face is super hot yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much, I already Evil. talked about the Minotaur. <laughs> Minotaur. I, I forgot talk, about the Minotaur. I talked about... I, how do you forget about the Minotaur? So much crazy shit happens in that the movie. nothing to do with the movie. Do you forget that there's a Minotaur just walking around and nobody cares? It had nothing to do with the movie. It was one of the few things that were in it that I was like, I don't understand why. <laughs> But it's like, but there's more important things that. Yeah. Oh, I just want to shout out the cover that I love the relationship of uh, of Doctor Strange and Wong. They're oh, like great. my favorite buddy cop duo ever. <laughs> you know that moment yeah. where where he's talking, where you know Wanda Maximoff comes to to their temple, and Wong's like. Be careful talking to her. The fate of the multiverse could depend on this conversation. 
And he says, oh, no pressure. Thanks for telling me that. And then he, she like tries to attack him and he floats back down. And he looks at Wong and he's like, nailed it. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. Like that just felt that was like that just really felt like something that like you and I would do. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, be like, hey, go handle this. Let me know how this goes. You know, it goes as poorly <laughs> as possible, but then you yeah. come back and you're like, fucking got it, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, speaking yeah. of buddy buddy movies, we got a couple good ones we're talking about on for Harvest Fest coming oh, hold up. up here. Film Harvest. Talk about what you want to say first. All right. I'll do that first. Yeah. Um, dude, you're not going to believe this. I think Fight Club might be dethroned. Ladies and gentlemen, we nothing is wrong. <laughs> I am just literally out of words by what you just said i couldn't believe it man i'm literally out of words for what you just said and here's why i'm gonna give you the main reason why i'm a half hour into this movie huh this is so interesting to me this is like that is like the most shocking thing that you could have said to me in this moment right now I know. I had to tell you, though. That's why I wanted to talk about this tonight. Why? Because here's why, though. I'm a half hour into this movie, and my thoughts go directly to if they, if they land this plane, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. At a half hour in, you felt that? Half hour in. Wow. And they fucking landed it. Dude, they landed it with no issues. Like, there's hard, and I was was the smoothest landing you could possibly have. (laughs) I just love the psychological aspect that they put into great CGI, which they usually have poor CGI here and there. I thought they rocked it. Yeah, I thought that this was maybe their their cleanest looking movie ever. Yes, like all of it was so the taken care of. The time that I was like, oh, this is clearly a set and CGI was the Wanda Maximoff versus the Illuminati fight because yeah. there's there, there's like fire going on in the background of that fight. I was like, come on, like that fire is very not real. <laughs> I say that, right? knowing yeah you got the obvious like all of a sudden she can use her power i don't even care yeah it doesn't matter yeah no i forget that happened it's the perfect movie (laughs) yeah i hear you i mean the blend of the blend of (sighs) emotional resonance it has what do we say about characters that you love what you do terrible things to them Oh, yes. And this whole movie, Doctor Strange is getting his ass whooped. The whole movie. All of them are, though. The whole time, (laughs) Doctor Strange is getting his ass whooped. 
That's, I think that's that, what this movie. I, I remember thinking at one point, I was like, damn, this movie should be called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Getting His Ass Whooped. <laughs> and another thing that makes it that for me is he doesn't actually defeat her. No, no, that's awesome. Yes, <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, you don't awesome. have to defeat the bad guy. What a crazy and, idea. And why not, Patrick? Why not? It's a Doctor like, Strange movie. That means Doctor Strange has to swoop in and be the great hero that we all know he is. No, because here's what a hero does. Here's what specifically a Marvel hero does. He inspires others to be better. Yep. And that's what happened here. Yeah. That's what happened here, bro. Even if Wanda's still bad, she made the right decision in the end. Yes. Right? And the fact you that, don't know. And the fact, dude, and I think that what you're saying is nailed home. Is nailed home. Whenever it's, it's the climax, Wanda Maximoff is talking to her children. And America Chavez is about to do something. And Dr. Strange is like, no, don't do that yet. Yeah. Don't do it yet. Because now he's also teaching America Chavez the importance of like showing people, not showing people, but letting people see their own mistakes. Yeah. You know, not only is he telling her the whole movie you're not responsible for your parents' death or disappearance, as it were. We're not sure if they're dead. But now he's also showing her we have a responsibility. Yeah. And it isn't just a responsibility to defeat our enemies. It's also a responsibility to show them why they're wrong. Not wrong, but misguided. Like we need to love our enemies as much as they want to destroy us. Yeah. It, there's just so many layers to it that we could talk forever. Um, but my oh, my last and final point on why I've made this decision. This is this is want to watch it one this more is time. Incredible! That what a sentence you just told. Right. Uh, for those of you who listen, you know how big of a statement that is. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Dude, other. How point. many times do I have to say it? We became this because of Fight Club. Yes. This it, it was like the center of everything. Wow, <laughs> dude. Um, so you're saying that at the at I, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off again, but you're saying at the bare minimum, if you go see this again. And it isn't as spectacular as you think it is in this very second. You're saying that it is still tied with Fight Club. Yes. Wow. Wow. At least. Fucking um, wow. The final point, though, that drove this home for me. Holy is shit, Pat. The only other movie that I cried at for the sake of it just being a good movie was City Lights. Yeah, I mean, City Lights. I didn't, like, I've cried at a lot of movies, but they're, so you're supposed to cry during those movies. Yeah. 
you don't just cry because you're watching an insanely well done film. Yeah. That doesn't just happen. Right. Um, and you really have to love movies for that to even be possible. Yeah. Um, this did it, man. I hear you, dude. I've never had an experience like that in a theater. Last time I had an experience like that in a theater was the first Dark Knight movie. Batman Begins. I didn't cry during that one, but I saw it a second time. It was that good. Wow. Yeah, you never, once again, you never go see, you never see movies. Yeah. So that's the comment I wanted to make after we had that whole conversation. Holy shit, bro. Boom. (laughs) I'll tell you this before we get out of here. My theater, local theater, uh, in front of uh, screen number two has the fucking sickest city lights poster (laughs) (laughs) i every time i see it i want to fucking take it so bad i want to just ask him if how much he would how much i could buy it for if you blue french horn that shit for me i will move to lewistown to be closer to you forever (laughs) yo they're selling our movie theater oh that's so sad if you have $250,000. That's it? That's what they're selling it for. Wow. I know. I mean, if I ever sell the house, I'll live there. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, Vanilla Bear. We've done it. We weren't going. We originally were planning on talking about this in two weeks. We couldn't. I couldn't. This was an emergency call. Yeah, we're sorry, Noah. We had to do this without you because you haven't seen it yet because you're a putz. But we saw this movie, and I think you're right. This is a game-changing Marvel movie. This is I think this is a game-changing movie. This is what I want Marvel movies to be going for. No. I want him to be, and, and you know, I'll, you, you, you want every movie to be like this. Uh, yeah, because that was what makes them good. Uh, I want surprises, but not just surprises. Yeah. I need a, a surprise in plot. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what actors you can bring in. No, I don't care. It, I mean, John Krasinski was cool, but but the plot doesn't change if you put someone else there. Oh, like this is a movie. Like, I need, I need, I need a surprise and plot. I need characters that are outwitting their enemies. I need protagonists that are yeah. outsmarting their enemies. You know, and I need villains that, though I obviously don't agree with what they're doing, I need them to be enigmatic. I need them to be charismatic. And I need them to be nigh impossible to defeat. And as this one goes, they didn't. No, no. They didn't even do that. (laughs) Once again, that's, I think, a reason why I loved uh, the Batman so much. The Batman doesn't solve dick. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) 
that movie. He's like halfway drunk, stumbling around, wondering what the fuck to do. Yeah. And much the same, I feel like Doctor Strange is doing that in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and to throw it all in, before we get out of here and we sign ourselves off for this emergency calling. You and I were both like, well, we can't, we, we need to keep this to an hour, two hours later. It's fine. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, but I wanted to make sure you were down. <laughs> I knew it was going to um, happen to you. The moment that we got on here, I knew that it would just go off because I knew I had stuff to tell you about the background and, yeah comic book um, shit too comic book bullshit too the movie even got an extra fuck off for me when Sharice Theron popped on to the after credit how awesome I was like get the fuck out <laughs> no Dude, this whole this was one of those movies that this whole movie I was watching it and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Patrick to see that. Oh, my God, I can't wait for Patrick to see this. Oh, my God, I can't wait to hear about Patrick's reaction to this. Oh, my God, what's Patrick going to think about that? <laughs> and then, and then Theron came in at the end. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, what is Patrick going to think about this? Dude, they just couldn't stop. They crushed it. And where can our listeners crush it for us? They can crush it by telling all their friends and family about us. They All they need to do is just tell them to give us a listen. Uh, it's super easy. All you got to do is go onto your favorite pla- uh, podcast provider and look up Pop Culture Forest. Uh, we're good. I mean, we're not great but we're good (laughs) (laughs) so come join the mediocre revolution if you (laughs) Batista revolution I have coined it now Vanilla that's what we are we are the mediocre revolution I love it Vanilla Bear, they can also email at email us at popcultureforest at gmail.com. Uh, and we really mean it, guys. Please tell your friends and family. Please give us a, a big thumbs up. Leave us a comment. Uh, honestly, reviews are secondary right now. We just need to get that listenership up. So please tell your friends about us. Uh, if so, if we get enough, then we can start annoying you guys with ads. And then we can finally get Noah his 100 human dollars. Please help us. Please help <laughs> us help Noah make 100 dollars. Yes. That's all <laughs> you and I want, right? That's it. Yeah, we're in it for him. <laughs> we're in it for him. You know that by now. You have to. God. Bill Bear, Patrick. Chocolate Bear. We did it. We did it. We did it. This has been the Two Bears Mead Review. Is this our most gushy movie review ever? 
It's gotta be. Right? Neither of us have ever liked a movie that much together. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Typically on the one typically one of us is like less on it or or not as high up on it as the other one is. Yeah. I might be that one in this conversation because there's no way that it outpaces the princess bride for me. Yeah, but it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, the plot was all right. No, you agree. You're like, the plot was excellent. Like Everything about this movie. Nothing was wrong with it. It's just not Princess Bride. It was excellent. So, uh, hot take. It was a good movie. Uh Yeah. (laughs) And to end this bad boy, hashtag Batista, Princess Bride remake. Holler! Hashtag Batista for Prince Humperdinck. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.